Why don't we open up our Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, starting right at the top in verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Hebrews is one of those books that we don't actually know who authored it. Some people say Paul, some people say Barnabas. I think it might have been Apollos based on my in-depth research on Wikipedia. I asked Dean the question. Dean says that it might have been Steve Fogarty that wrote it, who's the head of the Alpha Crucius College. I don't think that's correct either. We know that it was written at about AD 64, about AD 65 in, in that period of time. Um, and it was written to a specific audience. It was written to a Jewish community, more than likely situated within Rome. And Hebrews 11 is one of those passages of Scriptures that everyone knows. Everyone knows it's the faith passage. Everyone gets it mixed up when you say uh, it's the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things to come. You know, it's one of those ones that we get mixed up all the time. Hebrews 11 is the faith passage. Just like 1 Corinthians 13 is the love passage. Everyone knows the love passage. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does lots of other things. It's a great passage of Scripture. But the author of this text and the author of this entire letter to the, to the Hebrews in Jerusalem, he wants something, not just for it to be a, a head knowledge, he wants the topic and the issue of faith to be something that they get ingrained deep down in their spirit. You know, I remember as I grew up in Sejuna, I played football and um, I moved from under 16s into B grade. Now, B grade in Sejuna in the Far West Football League is where the guys who aren't good enough to play A grade play and also the guys that are too old and fat to play A grade play. And I probably fit into both of those uh, categories. So B grade, is, it's a lot of fun. But there's the people in there and they may be a bit younger, the young guys, and they've got really good skills. They can kick the football straight. They know in their head what they need to do. They need to get the ball down the ground. They need to kick it through the white posts. You know, people that know how to hand pass well, they know the mechanics of football well. But there's another category of people that, that although they are skillful as well, there's these, these old farmers, they're overweight, they're not in enough shape to be able to play A-grade football and they're playing B-grade and they know the skill. But the best thing is for these guys is that they know how to read the ball. See, football for them isn't just a skill, but it's something that's become ingrained inside of them. And they know they don't need to run everywhere. They know where they need to be because they can read the game, they can read the ball, so they know where they need to be. And so there'd be someone like me who is probably you know, 40 kilos, your wind would blow me away. You wouldn't believe it now, but I was 17 years old. You'd be running everywhere. You'd be kicking awesomely. You know, you'd take the mark and then out of nowhere, bam, like a steamroller. This footballer who's 40 years old, who is grossly overweight, he just knew where to be at the right time and he knew exactly how to take me out of the game. The difference is, the young guys may be skillful, but the old guys, they have it in their spirit. They know where the ball is. 
They know how to read the play. They know what to do, where to go, when to be where. And that's what Paul is, the, the author of Hebrews, maybe Paul, maybe Apollos, is trying to tell us. Faith has to be more than just a head knowledge. It has to be something that we get in our spirit. And the author is trying to get this point across and he gives a brief explanation of what faith is. And then he tells us why it's important. Hebrews chapter 1, he tells us what faith is. Hebrews chapter, sorry, 11 verse 1, 11 verse 2, he tells us why it's important for by it, the elders got a good reputation. The elders, the ancients, the ancestors, the people of old, the ones that have gone before us and achieved great things, this is how they got their reputation, through faith. All these people that have gone before us, they got their reputation through faith. And it's not that they just did amazing things and they didn't do one-off events, but they lived a life of faith that led them to receiving a good testimony. Faith isn't just a substance for you to receive your healing or to give you once-off provision. Rather, faith is the thing that binds you and carries you all the way to the end of your race. Too often we see people who come in hot, they come into church, they see the miraculous, they see God's provision, they get God's healing, God moves and then you look around five or six years later and you're like, where are they? What happened to so-and-so? What happened to, to Jeffrey McDougal? And if anyone knows Jeffrey McDougal, I made that name up. It wasn't meant to be a point about, you know, we, we see people and they come in, but I want to be a person that not only makes it to the end of my life, because the thing that I can guarantee you, unless the Lord returns beforehand, there will be an end point to your natural life here on church, uh, on earth. <laughs> Hopefully not here in earth, in church. I want to be a person that not only makes it to the end of my life and receives, I want to be someone who gets a good report, but I want to be someone that is an example to inspire. I want my faithfulness to push generations after me to do the same. I don't not only want to live a good life, I don't want to just be known as a person of faith and they'll say nice things about me. I don't want to just be someone that maybe gets a plaque somewhere. What I want is I want people to be inspired by my faithfulness and my faith and the great things I've done through the power of God and that generations after me, they won't read a plaque in there on a, on a stone wall to know about the great things because they'll know the stories. Is that an arrogant thing to say? I don't want that just for me, but I want that for every person here. People still talk about Brownsville. People still talk about Pensacola. People still talk about the Welsh Revival. Why can't God do it here again? Why can't He do it today? Faith always has been the mark of God's servants from the beginning of the world where the principle is planted by the Holy Ghost. It goes on to say in Hebrews 11 verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken away 
so that he did not see death. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of these things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. By faith, Sarah herself received the strength to conceive and bore a child, even though she was past the age. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. The, 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 the issue of faith, the, the topic of faith and faith has been implanted as a seed by the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the creation of the universe. And it is a theme that runs through even today. Yes. Hebrews 11 goes on in verse 32. The author says, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. What more shall I say? The author says, he's saying, I can't list all of the people, the saints that have gone before, who by faith have, have committed amazing exploits. But what more should I say? Shall we speak of Smith Wigglesworth, who by faith healed thousands and led many more to Christ? Shall we speak of William Seymour, who by faith saw a revival in Azusa Street, which led to the birth of the Pentecostal Church, which now numbers almost 300 million people? Shall we speak of Keith and Wendy Feebig, who through faith built this building and pastored this church? Shall we speak of Gary and Jane Leach, who by faith invested 20 years in pastoring this church and building this congregation? Shall we speak of Ian and Stella McElraith, who by faith moved their young family to Australia? Shall we speak of Stuart and Heather McElraith, who by faith moved to Sejuna to plant a church that now ministers to hundreds? Shall we speak of Phil and Sarah McElraith, who heard the call of God and moved their family from a church that was comfortable and familiar to this church to pastor and love and lead this congregation? What are they going to write about you? What will they say about you? What great exploits will they write about your life? What will they write about Ngoma Music? What will they write about David Nakuri? By faith, he started Ngoma Music. By faith, he started Imagine Our City. By faith, by faith, what is it that you could do and what could you achieve? What is it that they would write about you? The elders, how they obtained a good testimony. 
What is the testimony that they'll say about you? Your faith, not your finances, not your skills and abilities, not your reputation, but your faith. Hebrews 11, the same chapter, the same author. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The ancients, the ancestors, the people of old, the elders, the ones that have gone before us and achieved great things, they got their reputation through faith. I don't want to be just passionate about Jesus in my 20s. I don't want to just see God move and do miracles in my 30s. I don't want to see God's mighty hand of provision just in my 40s. I want a faith that carries me through my entire life. I need a faith that will carry me for a lifetime, a faith that will carry me until I hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. We talk about faith, but what is it? How do we define it? How do we pull this great theological word down out of the realm of confusion and chaos into a practical application for our lives? What is faith? How do we define faith? What is it? So today, I want to look at three characteristics of faith. Firstly, faith is now. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, faith has a unit of measurement. It has a time and that timing is now. It can be easy to have faith for tomorrow, to believe God's healing and God's salvation is available for me tomorrow, but God's faith for you and His promises for you are for now. God's promises for healing. His promises of blessing and favour, His promises of salvation, promises of peace and joy, they're all available to you today because faith is now. Every miracle that God did in the past was now faith. Every miracle that God will do in the future is now faith. Faith is now. You know, it's like breathing. I think that breathing is a good idea. My body tends to agree with me. But if I wait until tomorrow to start breathing, there may be issues. There may be some problems. I need to breathe now. And as I breathe now, it's now breath. Every breath that I breathe is a now breath. Every breath that I breathe tomorrow will be a now breath. My body needs breath and as much as my body needs breath, we need now faith. We need faith that will carry us today. If you need forgiveness, today is the day of forgiveness. If you need healing, today is the day of healing. If you need provision, today is the day of provision. If you need a miracle, then today is the day of miracles according to His Word, according to the blood that was shed on the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now faith not only receives today what is promised, but it fights the fight of faith today. Fights that will establish your legacy 
and your testimony. Fights that you need to fight today so that your children and the generations to come don't need to fight them in your place. Faith sacrifices today. Faith fights giants today. Faith makes hard decisions today. Faith blesses today. Faith means that we walk in holiness today. And we do it today because we know that there is no fight that we can win tomorrow. The only fight that we have is the fight of today. I don't want my children circling the same mountains that I circled as a teenager. I don't want my children fighting the same addictions that I fought when they're an adult. I don't want my children fighting the same battles. I want them to go further. I want them to go higher. I want them to do greater things than I could ever do through the power of the Holy Spirit. I choose to fight the fights today so that my children don't have to fight them tomorrow. The heroes of our faith, All those that have gone before us, they didn't have a future faith. They had a now faith. Three characteristics of faith. Faith is now. And secondly, faith is a substance. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Substance is the essence. Some translations say it's the confidence, the reality, the assurance. But faith is tangible. It's a thing. Faith isn't hope. Hope is the promise. Faith is the link between you and the hope and the promise. The link between the now and the not yet. It is the assurance of the promise. Recently I flew to Brisbane and before I flew, about a month before I flew, I jumped online searched for my flights, found the appropriate flights, put in my details, paid the price and I got my ticket. The ticket that came through my email was my assurance that I was able to board the flight and fly to Queensland. It is the link between the now and the not yet. How do I know that I'm able to fly to Queensland because I got my ticket? I've got my ticket. In the same way, Jesus looked ahead. He knew that there was a debt that you couldn't pay. He knew that you needed forgiveness for your sins. He knew that there was a price that you couldn't pay. So what did He do? He paid the price for you. He wrote your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And today you have that assurance of your salvation. That is the difference. That is the thing. That is the link between the now and the not yet. The promises of healing and your healing. The promises of salvation and your salvation. 2,000 years ago, Jesus knew you had a debt. He knew you needed salvation. He knew in advance that He needed to pay the bill of sin, of shame, of poverty, and He paid it all. He wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life and now just as the ticket is the guarantee that I'm flying to Brisbane, faith is the assurance or the guarantee between the now and the not yet. And this is why Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians in his letter to the church at Ephesus in chapter 6, verse 15, in addition to all these things, and you'll have to read the chapter to find out what all these things are. He says, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. When doubt comes in and it attacks your mind, it's time to lift up your shield of faith, the assurance of your salvation, your assurance of your healing your assurance of your blessing, 
Your assurance of favour. I am a child of God. I am a chosen King. I am born to rule and reign alongside Christ. Faith is the assurance. Faith is the link between the now and the not yet. I am saved. I am blessed. I am called. I am chosen. I have peace. I have joy because I have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Three characteristics of faith. Firstly, faith is now. Secondly, faith is a substance. And lastly, faith is evidence. Daniel, if you could join me, that'd be fantastic. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is an evidence or a proof. It's something that if you look at it, it verifies the claim that it says. Faith is the action that verifies your belief. You see, you can believe all you want, but unless your belief is tied to an action, it isn't faith. You see, sitting in this room today, I see people breathing, which is good. Carry on, please. You're breathing. You know, you're not in here wearing gas masks and hazmat suits. You're not got the uh, N95 masks. Praise the Lord. You're breathing in here. You're relaxed. You're comfortable because you have complete faith that the air in this place isn't toxic. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to harm you. And what does your faith in the quality of the air do to you, it means that you sit and you're relaxed, you're comfortable, you're breathing, you're at ease, your eyes aren't darting around, you're not sort of doing this thing, um, which the kids do in the car when we drive to Mount Barker every now and then. I have no idea why. (laughs) You're sitting here, you're relaxed. And so if I was, that door was open, if that door was open and I'm standing in the car park, And I'm looking in and I'm thinking, I wonder if the air in there is toxic. The evidence that the air is clean, the proof is in your actions and in your behaviour. If I looked in and I saw people walking around, I saw Dean in a hazmat suit, you know, spraying the chairs and Glen 20, the, you know, if you were all sitting here with face masks on, I'd look in and go, your behaviour, your action." tells me a different story. Your actions and your behaviour are the thing that link your faith and your belief system. What you believe, you will act out. When you have the substance, the assurance of your salvation, you begin to walk differently. You begin to talk differently. You begin to change your behaviour. And when I Flew back from Brisbane. I told the story a couple of weeks ago how I got upgraded to business class. And what a blessing that it was. And it made me walk differently. I was obviously better than everyone else. Showed my boarding pass. Walked straight in. Thank you. Yes, I will have a coffee. Thank you. If you could bring it, you know. I had access to the lounge. It made me walk differently. I didn't walk up to the gate thinking, oh, 
think I'm meant to be on this, you know, like sitting at the back, hesitant. I'm not sure that the assurance gives me the, the ability to walk out the belief system. Your faith is an action. When you are saved, when you give your life to Jesus, when you accept Him as Lord and Saviour, you begin to walk differently, you begin to talk differently, you begin to change your behaviour, you lose your dependence on addictions like alcohol, drugs or pornography. You begin to talk differently, you begin to speak life, you begin to speak encouragement. Your nature begins to change as you walk in peace and joy. Your faith brings about a change in your actions and in your behaviour. If your belief and your hope doesn't result in evidence, then it's not faith. It's a hope. Even the devil believes in Jesus, but he's still doing what Satan be doing. He's still floating around, causing death, destruction and mayhem. When we have faith in Jesus, it produces a change in our actions. When you have the substance, the assurance of your salvation, James 2, 19 to 20 says, you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without action is useless? Verse 26, just as the body is dead without breath, you stole my analogy, so also faith is dead without works. I can have my airline ticket that was paid for with my name on it. I can have the email with the Qantas logo or the Virgin logo. I can have it on my phone. I can have the printing of the physical ticket. I can hold it in my hand. But unless I get out of bed, unless I get in the car, get dressed, get in the car, unless I go to the airport and go to the gate, the ticket is useless. It holds no value. The value is only in the exchange and in the action. Our belief system has to have faith and it has to have action to it. The woman with the issue of blood believed and touched the hem of his garment. Peter believed and stepped out of the boat. Blind Bartimaeus believed and cried out until he got his miracle. Belief is followed by action, which is the evidence of belief. And this is how they obtained a good testimony. I don't want to be someone that has a good belief system, but doesn't impact the world. I don't want to be someone who has a good belief system and at church I may behave one way, but at home I behave another. I don't want to be someone that walks in peace and walks in integrity when people can see me. But when I'm with my family, I walk in anger and I cause depression and anxiety. When we are saved, when we are born again, when we get the Spirit of God inside of us, our nature begins to change and it requires a change inside of us. So what is faith? Faith is now. Faith is the assurance and the substance, the, the thing that assures you of your salvation and of the things to come. And faith is also the evidence of things hoped for. This morning, Revival City Church, my prayer is that we would be a church of faith, that in times to come, when people speak about us, 
They say, what more shall I say? Shall I speak of Paul and Sandy Roanfield? Shall I speak of Cheryl Barnes? Shall I speak of Keith and Janelle? Should I speak of Oded and Johan? Shall I speak of Gary and Jane? Shall I speak of Luke and Haley? Shall I speak of the great works that they did? For by faith, they raised their families to become godly men and women of God. For by faith, they ministered and were able to see people saved in their workplace. For by faith, they stepped out and bought homes and walked in prosperity so that they could be a blessing to those that come after them. It sounds like a selfish thing to have people talk about us like that because really it all has to point to Jesus. It all has to point to Jesus. But it can't all, we have to be the ones pointing to Jesus. People don't just lie, it does happen sometimes, but don't generally just lie in bed and think, I'm going to be a Christian today. I'm going to give my heart to God today. Your children won't lie in bed and think, my dad's a good person, maybe I should be saved as well. Your children, those in your workplace, those around you, they need you to act in faith so that we might see a few saved, that we may see some saved, that we may see hearts transformed, that we may see lives at the altar, that we may see stony hearts replaced with a heart of flesh. We are called to be a people of faith. Do you believe it this morning, church? Why don't you stand to your feet with me? We're going to finish in just a moment. Thank you, Keith and Wendy. It's very... Why don't you come join us, team? As they're getting ready, and Dave's going to lead us in another song. Maybe let's worship just for a moment. Why don't we lift our hands to heaven? Holy Spirit, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. I ask, Holy Spirit, today you would fill your people with conviction, with courage, with strength. I pray that peace and love would overwhelm them, that it would overflow from them and that every area that they walk into in their, in their world and in their life, they would carry you with them. I thank you, Father, for the examples of those that have gone before us. I thank you for the elders and the ones that have walked before us. But I pray today, Lord God, that You would fill us with a faith that would mean that we would walk and that we would leave a legacy as well. And I ask that in the mighty and precious Name of Jesus. The Grateful Church said together, Amen, Amen. Come on, Dave, why don't you lead us one more time? I'm going to move this. Why don't we worship Him this morning, church?